You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I'm your host, Jay Schiffman. On this show, I interview people with lived and learned experiences on subjects of mental health, substance misuse and recovery, and drug use and policy, but occasionally we talk about other topics as well. On this week's show, I chat with Kevin Roth, a musician and life coach, but first, Kid Mental, let's go. Things ain't always gonna go our way, but you can always win when you choose your struggle. And some battles will be yesterday, but today is for a new weekend. Choose your struggle, and don't worry about what they say, cause you can always win when you choose your struggle. And you can bounce back, just as Jay. Come on in, listen in to choose your struggle. Hello and welcome to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. It's great to be back with you all. This is the second to last <laughs> real full episode of the the show for this season. And I want to start off with some pretty pretty touching, pretty moving, just some pretty incredible news. Uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday and uh, yesterday, Tuesday, the Harm Reduction Coalition uh, the National Harm Reduction Coalition, who, uh, I mean, they are the the Yankees of this work. They are, uh, this is, this is an organization that I really look up to. And they released the finalist for their yearly awards, uh, which are going to be announced in a couple weeks. And <laughs> Choose Your Struggle is a finalist. Um, for for the Changing the Narrative Award. Uh, the Changing the Narrative Award goes to someone who, or an organization that is helping end stigma, that is changing the way we talk about these issues of drug use, uh, substance misuse, addiction. When my team put us in for this and, and also uh, nominated Savage Sisters, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second, we there, we didn't even think we would make it. I mean, there, it, <laughs> the way I describe this is if the 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 playoff picture for for baseball was released and like you know it's the Yankees, the Red Sox, uh, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, and then somehow North Philly High made it in. That's how we're feeling right now. Uh, we are up against some of the titans of this industry, but. We made the finals. Uh, we are a finalist for this award, and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm. It's, it's, it's validating. It's moving. Uh, I, I had a couple, of, <laughs> had a couple of tears when I, when I saw that list released, and we had made the finals. Um, you know, like I said, we threw it in. We thought nothing of it. This is ne- nothing is going to come of this. We felt much more confident about Savage Sisters. So to see us on that list is, um, yeah, it's really something. Also, Savage Sisters is a finalist in a different category. Again, that one, <laughs> I personally was much more confident. I was like, okay, they are going to make the finals, no question. I mean, when you hear the story of the work that we do, uh, it's it, it like I mean that was that was a short. Um, it's still incredible to see them on the list. Uh, and, and also shout out to former guest of the show Peter Kraken, uh, who who is a finalist. Uh, voting goes for a couple weeks. Um, you can find the link in my bio on all social media. Uh, if you go to Instagram and click on my 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 campsite bio, it's right at the top. I'm dropping a link in the show notes for you to to vote. Um, it would mean a lot to me if you voted. Uh, like I said, I have zero, uh, hope of winning this thing. That's not true. I have a little bit, uh, a little bit of hope. Uh, not much because again, I, 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 when it was submitted, it was like, how cool would it be if we (laughs) even got considered and here we are, we're finalists. And, and so as I, again, as I said, I sent out an email blast this morning. Uh, to to my my email 
list saying this, but you know, we're sort of torn between the what, the, how the hell did we make this list? And well, you know what? <laughs> to quote Major League, one of my favorite movies, only thing left to do is win the whole fucking thing. Um, that's how we feel right now. It, it, it it's just, it's just so cool that we that we're on this list. Um, because it, 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 we work our asses off here doing this. You know, um, none of us at Choose Your Struggle are doing this because we're getting rich. In fact, the opposite. <laughs> uh, but we truly think that we're we're making a difference, and to see us to see us on that list validates that. It, it confirms that we are making a difference that people are noticing. So, um, thank you to Harm Reduction Coalition. Um, just just thank you, and to thank you to everybody who votes. I I really really appreciate it. Uh, other news, obviously, before we get into this week's episode, um, the end of season, uh, end of season giveaway is going. Um, I've had a couple of reviews. Thank you to people who've done that. You've got uh, three more weeks or so. You can find a link in the show notes. If you go to the campsite bio in my Instagram, you can click on the 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 page that says or the link that says. Uh, the Choose Your Struggle podcast, and you'll see a, a prompt there that says write a review. Really, really appreciate everyone doing that. And again, you'll be entered to win one of the three prize packs. So please do that. Uh, and and that's it. Like I said, one more week. Uh, Monday is going to be the, the conclusion of last week's Monday or this week's Monday because yeah, that's, how, that's how a calendar works. Um, where we'll be looking forward to everything coming down the road for Choose Your Struggle. I Obviously recorded this before this news came out uh, that we were a finalist, so that's not in there. But more just broadly, what what is coming down the road, and then next week you'll get the season finale with my one of my heroes, Nzinga Harrison. So uh, this week it's Kevin Roth. Kevin is the guy you'll know if you're a fan of the show Shining Time Station, um, also known as Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. He has performed with some of the biggest names in in, in music, uh, including his uh, uh, people that you'll hear him talk about in this show, some, some people he really looks up to, uh, heroes of his, Peter, Paul, and Mary. He is a uh, he plays the dulcimer, a uh, really fantastic musician. I would suggest you check him out. He mentions them multiple times throughout this uh, show uh, where you can find his music. He is now a life coach after uh, having an, a, a, a being given a death sentence from cancer and, and beating it and, and really it turned his life around. Not around. That, that makes it sound like his life was bad. It, it changed his life. That's a better way to put it. Put things in perspective for him. Uh, Kevin and I have continued talking. We're, getting, we're working on doing some more work together. We, we both um, you know uh, have a real passion for this and a desire to help people, so stay tuned for that. Um, and as he mentions in this, that he's got a lot of new stuff coming down. He's working with... Uh, some new people to help really um, add add more value to to his his coaching work. Uh, he also has um, the the dulcimer uh, meditations that he does, and, and just a lot of amazing stuff. Please check him out online. He shouts that out multiple times. It's in the show notes. Um, but but really, just enjoy this conversation with a guy who is uh, very informative, very inspiring, uh, Kevin Roth. In June of 2021, I accomplished something that is all too rare for those with lived experience. I told my story and made my call for change from a TED stage. The fact is, our society puts too much emphasis on those with learned experience. You know, the person who spent 20 years researching something. And that's okay, because those voices are incredibly important. They provide the information that the rest of us run with but we can't minimize the voice of those who've actually lived these experiences. That person doing research can't tell you what it really feels like to go through withdrawals, and they shouldn't want to. We need all voices at these tables. So if you're looking for someone who actually has lived these experiences, who can talk about struggling with mental health and substance misuse, who can talk about what it really feels like to go through addiction, who can speak eloquently about the war on drugs from both a learned and lived experience, reach out to me. And if you're looking to create a more complete experience, a roundtable or whole cadre of speakers, I can bring numerous people with me 
who have experiences that are unlike mine and unlike anything else that you've heard. So reach out to me today and let's create a complete learning experience for your office, your club, your school, or anywhere else because these voices need to be heard and these lessons can create change today. Reach out and let's all choose our struggle. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends. If you're listening on Apple, please rate and review or check out the review link in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kevin Roth, and I am a life coach and a professional musician. And all of my work can be found on kevinroth.org. And I'm here to talk today about finding your purpose in life and living stress-free. Great introduction. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the beginning of the show, as I mentioned before we started recording, those of us who do work around mental health, substance misuse, all that kind of stuff, we don't fall into this. You know, our stories are a big reason why we do the work that we do. So if you wouldn't mind helping me and, and, and my listeners know, what brought you to do the work that you are doing today? I got into life coaching sort of... Uh in a way by accident. Um, I'd had a very successful musical career from about 1974 as a dulcimer player and, and musician. And although I achieved what they call fame and fortune, I was never really happy. Um, what happened is one well, in 2015, late 15, early 16, out of the blue, I was diagnosed with stage three melanoma and given about two years to live. They they got rid of the, the melanoma. It was only in two small spots, but they said there was a 70% chance it would return. So I had to get really busy trying to figure out if I was going to continue to live, what did I need to change? What was my purpose? What was I here for? Why? And come up with a game plan that I wanted to put into action because I really didn't know, you know, how much longer I had, although my gut was that I was going to live, which I did, and the cancer never came back. But it really uh, shook me up, and it completely changed my life. And one day someone said to me, you know, you survived this, like, death sentence, and you moved from the Midwest to beautiful San Diego, and you're living your life as a bohemian artist and a life coach for people all over the world. You should really kind of teach this to other people, what you did to survive. And that's how I got into life coaching. So let's let's uh, go back to that moment where you got that diagnosis. Talk us through, you know, we, we see this in movies, we may know people or we ourselves may get similar diagnosis, but what was that moment like? What, what was it, was it the sort of a head-on, you know, truck that we see sort of in movies or what, what was hearing that diagnosis? What did that feel like to you? Terrifying. It was a terrifying thing to hear. Uh, oddly enough, my father had passed away a few years before and I was waiting for the test results that hadn't come back. And I was looking at a picture of him and myself together on uh, one of my little uh, nightstands and as if he was in the room, I heard him kind of say, you're going to hear tomorrow and it's going to be really, really bad news, but you're going to be OK, but it's going to be rough. So the next morning at nine o'clock, the doctor called and said, I've got really bad news and we need to get you to an, an oncologist immediately. So uh, I went and I freaked out and it ended up sending me into a pretty heavy spiritual nosedive, to be honest with you. Uh, and a lot of strange things happened. It was a bizarre year. I ended up writing uh, part of an album, a music album from the deviant dulcimerist about it. In the end, it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. So what was what was your treatment like and, and, and how I guess both I mean that physically and mentally, how did you how were you? How did you combat this physically? But then also you said you wrote an album. You know, what else were you doing to preserve your mental health during this period? Well, the first thing I did was I got on uh, Google and and typed in melanoma, which was not particularly a great thing to do because there's a lot of wrong and negative information. But there was also information on people who had cured themselves naturally uh, without chemo and all that other stuff. And I 
went looking online to see what oncologists were in my area, you know, because this was all new to me. And out of all the photographs of the doctors, there was one I really wanted, but he wasn't taking new patients. So I ended up by default with this woman who I did not like, but she ended up getting all the tests done to see if it had spread anywhere in my body. And as I was leaving, uh, I saw his uh, business card, the doctor I wanted on the desk, and I said, I want to switch doctors. And they said, well, you can't. And I said, well, I'm not leaving until you do. So that's how I, I pushed my way in to see this doctor. And what's significant about that is I had interviewed two or three other oncologists, all who had told me they wanted to remove lymph nodes and fill me with kinds of medicine that I didn't feel my gut was right. And this guy was the only guy that said, there's really no cure for this. Let's, uh, you know, there's no cancer right now. Um, it's been removed. Let's wait and see what happens. And uh, that was amazing advice. And I ended up finding a guy online, uh, Chris Beat Cancer, and he had information on natural eating and different things like that. And eventually I found a woman named Prudence Sinclair who had been diagnosed with stage four melanoma, given two months to live, and had sailed right through it with meditation and things like that. So I chose to go the natural route and sort of a spiritual route in the sense that I learned to listen to my inner voice for guidance. I trusted my gut and went against what the doctors advised, except this one. So the, 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 let's go to that moment where you had to advocate for yourself to switch to this other doctor. This is something I talk about a lot in this show, specifically in mental health, because our system is, is, let's be honest, a bit broken and, and advocating for yourself is really the only way that a lot of people are going to get the help they deserve. What what was that moment like for you in terms of how, you know, how did you fight? And you said you, you refused to leave, but, but you know, did they give in? Was it, did you have to really sort of push them? What was that moment like? You know, truth to tell, my understanding and my experience has taught me that everything is sort of laid out and destined. Uh, it was a rare event that I got in with this guy. And there are two types of patients, the kind that give in with fear and the kind that say, I'm taking control of my own life and I'm going to find a doctor who stops dictating to me and telling me things where I know cancer's a big business. Not that they didn't have my interest in mind, but what they wanted to do to me was I just felt wrong. Like there was no signs of cancer, but they wanted to remove lymph nodes. And I said, why? And they said, because it's in there microscopically. And I said, well, then you might as well take everything out. You know, so it, you know, it, it is a broken system in a way. It's a good system in another way. But what I tell other people um, who, I, who I coach, whether they have illnesses or really anything that they're looking to change or alter in their life, is I tell them, Listen to your inner voice, follow it, trust your gut, and uh, kind of surrender the whole thing, and you will be led in the right direction. But if you give in to fear, um, you're going to get into trouble. So just to be clear, because I, I want to make sure we're, we're, that you know that, that we are as clear as possible, you're not saying that your inner voice said the cancer isn't real. You're saying it's, you know, focus on the parts that, that, what can be seen and not this idea that it's help me understand that part. Well, there's uh, you know, the doctor used a word protocol when I asked her why she wanted to uh, operate and stuff. She said, it's protocol. And I said, my name isn't protocol. If you can show me cancer on the screen, then we'll talk about it, but you're not showing me any. So, you know, there's a system and, and there's all kinds of things that these doctors have to follow by law. I feel personally that if something shows up on a CAT scan or an MRI, that's cancer, well, then you have to deal with it. But don't do things just because it's, quote, protocol, uh, unless something in your gut says, I think that this is a good idea. It's a matter of trusting your doctor. And I have a way of reading people really well. Uh, one of the things my clients like about me, uh, and I didn't like any of them. I thought that there was a certain amount of arrogance and, you know, I was patient 128 that week. And uh, I knew 
in my gut that I needed to find someone that matched who I was in my heart and gut. And thank God I, I found this guy. So what would you say, you know, to someone who you, you advocated for yourself and you got lucky that the second that you were right about this second guy, but how, how do you follow your gut if it keeps saying, you know, okay, this person's not right, would you recommend you just keep searching? You keep searching. Uh, you know, there is an answer to every question. There is a, a, a season for everything. And so I went through a sort of a nosedive spiritually. I went through a nosedive in talking to people who had been cured without chemotherapy or, well, they don't use chemo for uh, my type of melanoma that, that I had. And you, I just keep digging around. You know, I'm a songwriter, so it's a lot like writing a song. You can, you know, you can write a song with a rhyming dictionary and a chord chart, but the great songs come when they're sort of channeled, when they sort of come out. And that's a natural state of flow. You know, it's like when you meet somebody and you say, I really like this person. And you become friends or you date them and then you meet other people and you go, well, they're nice, but this is not the chemistry isn't right. And that's what I followed. And and I love that you brought up the, the songwriting. How cathartic was that for you? How cathartic was music for you during this period? Well, you wouldn't believe this. <laughs> I had just moved to Kansas uh, to work on a project and I grew up on Peter, Paul and Mary. And two weeks after I moved there, Peter and Paul had come to give a concert because Mary had uh, passed away several years earlier. And I was friendly with them. So I went backstage. I had no idea about this cancer. And Paul, whose real name is Noel Paul Stuckey, he uh, invited me to write a record album. So I was busy writing an album and he wanted it to be somewhat spiritually based. So I finished writing it. I finished recording my part. And a week or two after I finished the record, all excited about, you know, working with my mentor, um, I got the diagnosis. And I called him and I said, Noel, I said, you know, my music career started with you and it looks like it's going to end with you. And I told him what was happening. And he said to me that he knew someone else who had cancer and was not in good shape with it. He said, but you, he said, you know, you're going to beat this thing. And he said it with a, a, a certainty that was really amazing. And he was so kind. I mean, you know, he just spent all this money making a record. And his artist called him and said, well, I'm going to be dead in the, you know, the year. Sorry about the tour, buddy. But everything kind of unfolded in a very subtle way. So the writing uh, came just prior to that, almost like uh hey, buddy, this is what you need to look at. And then I went into the experience. I looked at the songs and, you know, the, the whole thing was just bizarre. It was a bizarre time. It was like falling down a rabbit hole. And, you know, when I got the diagnosis, I came home and I, it was just me and my dog. And I walked through the apartment and I said, don't worry, buddy, we'll get through this. And I didn't know who I was talking to for half a second until I realized that I had this inner Kevin and I decided, you know, the only thing that matters to me, if I if I only have a year or two left, is my music, my art, being with my dog, and I'm getting the hell out of Kansas. I'm going to go back to San Diego and live a bohemian lifestyle. Uh, whether I can afford it or not, whether they think it's a good idea or not, I'm done. So I went back to my doctor. It had been almost a year. And I said, I'm going to California. And he said, well, we should do this test and that test. And I said, well, if you find something, is there a cure? And he said, no. I said, well, then why, why do I want to do it? And he said, well, so that you can plan your life. I said, what life? Because this past year has not been a life. It's been like going to a hard school without any recesses. So I'd rather go to California. There's no signs of cancer and wake up sick one day and find out I got two weeks to live and be done with this whole crap. I'm not living like this anymore. And he laughed and he said, I don't blame you. <laughs> and he said, you'll know if you're sick, go get a dermatologist out there and I'm here if you need me. What a great thing, huh? That We should all be so lucky to have a doctor as caring as that and a friend as caring as uh, Paul, Paul, AKA Noel, that, that's very kind. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it's amazing. 
You know, I'll tell you something really interesting. Yesterday, I was sitting at a stoplight. I was on my way to play a gig. And uh, I was thinking, how did I survive this? There was a 70% chance of me dying. And I thought, that's like really weird. And I got to this gig and I was playing. I wasn't particularly interested in being there because it was sort of a, kind of a benefit kind of a thing. And I, I kept thinking about it. And there was this woman watching me and she was singing. She was an elderly woman. I think she had some memory issues. And that car thought came to me. And then what came to me was, this is the reason. You're, you're here. You were kind of saved in a way to put this message out, which is what I do with coaching, and to keep doing musical things that are relevant, not about your ego, not about fame or fortune. So, you know, the whole thing's mystical to me. So uh, sort of last question on, on this before we you know, start, talk, start talking about your work, but we, we hear this, this uh, message again from popular culture that when you get a diagnosis like that or you face death, uh, that it, it has a way of clarifying what's important. Did you have that experience? Oh, totally. Totally. Because, you know, especially when you're healthy and you've never had anything wrong with you, uh, suddenly you're hit with this thing and you realize that you only have a short amount of time left. Now, there are many people who have cancer and other things that are in that position. In fact, I was watching a documentary uh, on Frontline about it called Being Mortal, about the ending of life. And there are realizations, clarities, almost a beautiful type of a healing that occurs when people are about to pass or when they get the insight to why they've survived things. And you don't look at life the same way. It's like in The Wizard of Oz when the movie went from black and white to color. That's what happens. And it's really hitting bottom. So let's, uh, you know, before we start talking about your actual work and what that looks like, if we wouldn't mind uh, shouting out where people can find you online, where they can follow you and all the kind of stuff you want everybody to know. Well, the biggest thing is that I have a free uh, five minute video that you can watch for free, which teaches about stress reduction and getting unstuck. It teaches you a really simple breathing exercise. And I also use my dulcimer for a dulcimer meditation. It's a really fun video and it's totally free and uh, it's sort of a giveaway. So you can go to Kevin Roth, like Roth IRA, kevinroth.org, and uh, it'll take you right to the thing and just click on it and you'll get it. But you know, the other, the other thing I wanted to tell you is that you can also be changed by good things. Not all things are bad. You know, I once got to solo during a Peter, Paul, and Mary concert. I was one of the only two people in the world that ever was invited on stage. That drastically changed my life. I thought, my God, if you can do that, you know, you can do anything. So it also happens when you meet people and they completely change your life. Uh, so it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It can be a really great thing. You know, this coaching thing that I do, I mean, I was all about my ego and my career and you know i was on tv i had record deals i was all about the fame and fortune well the death sentence kind of put that in place and i find more satisfaction so much more satisfaction helping other people uh find their purpose get unstressed give them hope show them what i learned than anything i i do and of course i do this with my music so i haven't left the music but man what kind of a a shakeup and a blessing at the same time, you know? <laughs> hey, y'all, it's me, your host. I'm sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a fantastic episode of the podcast, but I have to give a quick shout out to my partner, Roadrunner CBD. They have been working with me for a while now, and I just love their products. They have everything from tinctures to muscle gels, and all of them are fantastic. You know, I rub the muscle gel on my legs before I run, and they keep me feeling pretty good, which is saying something. So check out Roadrunner today at their website, www.roadrunnercbd.com slash ref, R-E-F slash C-Y-S. Again, that's roadrunnercbd.com slash ref slash C-Y-S. And use the code C-Y-S at checkout to let them know that I sent you and get 10% off. Trust me, you're going to love this. I've sent some of their products to a couple different people and they've all become repeat customers. So check it out today and don't forget to let them know that Choose Your Struggle sent you. 
Find me on social media. Check the link in the show notes or search for me, Jay Schiffman, on YouTube and LinkedIn, and choose your struggle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You know, we've kind of heard what brought you to this point, but I guess take us to the moment where you decided, uh, not the teaching part, because you said that came later, but what made you decide, you know, I've been doing this music thing, I've had this near-death experience, I want to start, you know, teaching or, or, or coaching people? Well, someone asked me what my next uh, project was, and I said, I don't know, maybe I'll write in a new album uh, and book a tour. This is right before kind of COVID. And he said, man, you got 50 record albums out. Why don't you do something different? Why don't you teach people how you survived a death sentence, was almost broke at the time, uh, and moved to San Diego and recreated your life and went from basically surviving to thriving. I mean, like you pulled off like a major kind of miracle. And I said, I wouldn't even know how to teach that. And and why would I teach that, you know? And he said, because there's a lot of people in pain and there's a lot of people you can help. I mean, you've gone through an extraordinary experience. So I thought about it and I thought, you know, what did I do? How did I actually get through all that, that, that hell, that abyss? And I thought, well, you know, one thing you did is you got really clear on what you wanted, what mattered, why, and you came up with a game plan and you did not take no. You did what you did with the doctors. If you didn't like a doctor, you said, sorry, buddy, you're not for me. And you found one that worked. And you did the same thing when you moved from the Midwest to San Diego. And you said, you know, I don't care if I don't have any money. I don't care if I don't have a lot of work. I'm going there, man. You know, I want to wiggle my toes in the water in February in shorts with a margarita, you know. And then I thought, okay, so that's what you did, but how did you get there? And I thought, you know, what you did is you you play the dulcimer every morning. You kind of noodle and you space out and you think about, well, what should I do? And, and you kind of get into this thing that's sort of like a trance, uh, sort of like a meditation. It's nothing heavy. It's, it's super easy. Uh, anyone can do it, really, especially on a dulcimer. And you start your day doing this thing, which eventually was coined Dulce Meditation. And so I thought about it all, and I put some word out about kind of helping people, you know, get over anger or stress. And I put it on Facebook dulcimer sites, and I got a couple clients. And I was amazed at how quickly their lives changed for the better. And then COVID hit, and the world shut down. And again, uh, you know, I started to get, because uh, I wasn't quite making a living at this uh, quite yet. So I was getting uh, unemployment and all that other stuff that everyone was getting. But it gave me a year to really develop it and to reach out. I helped a lot of people get through their frustrations and fear with COVID. And it really resonated with me. And I really loved it. And I met the right people. And uh uh, that's how I became a life coach. Um, I'm very dedicated to the fact that uh, I constantly study this stuff, uh, the psychology and spiritualism and kind of that sort of thing. Um, but I'm very, very result-oriented. So I want to be sure that the people I work with are really dedicated to changing. And a lot of people say, you know, change is really hard, and it is true, but it's harder to stay in a negative space than it is to change. So there was something that I love about that story, and, and that is your your daily dulcimer uh, meditation practice. I love that. That's so cool. And, and I have a question for you about that, because as my listeners know, one of the things that I recommend to everybody, it's one of the things I, I uh, mandate that the people who work for me, is that for an hour of billable time each week at least, they take a walk. They they do something that, that clears their mind, that, that allows them to be creative. And I guess for someone who does that every day, like you do, which again, I think is so cool. Why do you think that's so hard for some people to unplug? You know, is it all culture? Is it all what we're taught? Why do you think that is? Because they haven't tasted the honey. They're used to the sour dude. That's what it is. You know, uh, I also teach in my coaching balance, which is mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. One of the best things you can do is walk. I even quit the gym. I walked out here, God, the ocean's 10 minutes away, the mountains are an hour and a half. 
California is beautiful to walk in, but you can, but in Kansas, there were beautiful hikes. So hike and while you're hiking, just listen. There's an inner voice happening all the time that there's a conversation going on inside you, outside and around your monkey mind, which is always bringing up problems. So one of the expressions that I teach and I use with my clients is when you replace what doesn't work with what does work, you don't go back to what doesn't work. So when you learn that maybe a little meditation or walking or changing your diet a little bit, or here's a big one, actually loving yourself, being kind to yourself, you know, stop beating yourself up. That has a certain feeling that's really, really good. And when you work it, you realize that that feels a whole lot better than being hard and miserable on yourself and life changes. Uh, but you need to experience it once or two, maybe three times before you say, hey, that's that's really cool. I like what's happening here. I like how that feels. So is that you think that is that the hardest thing that when people come to you to work with you, is that the hardest thing that they that they struggle with? Or is there something else that is even harder? Everybody comes uh, really hard on themselves. Uh, I work with a lot of uh, middle-aged folks, uh, and some uh, many of them are women, and they've put their dream aside for their husbands and their work and their kids, and, and now they're at a certain age, and they say, well, now what do I do with something called me time? So they're looking for a purpose, a direction. Other people I work with, uh, I have a couple men I work with who work for the government, and I teach them NLP because, you know, the government, you're talking about the medical system, the government system is broken as well. So I have to teach them how to not take things personally and to keep their inner voice and their inner vision in place, which makes their life much more flexible and easy and also stress reduction. I, I mean, I can take you from a level 10 down to a level two within three minutes if you do this breathing exercise. So these are just tools that I teach that, that work. Well, your, your clients are lucky that, that you have this wealth of knowledge. This is a question I love to ask people like yourself who are you know doing this work hands-on. Let's say someone's uh, hearing this and it's just like, wow, I love what you know Kevin's putting down. I'd love to work with him. Walk through you know how, how does someone start working with you and what does working with Kevin look like? Well, you go to my website, kevinroth.org. And of course, like, like we mentioned earlier, you can click on it and get a free video, but there's also a form that you can fill out, which asks you sort of questions, whether you're ready to do it, what would you like to work on? And then you send that to me and I look it over and then I get back to you and we set up a, a free Zoom session or a conversation to see if we're a match. Um, I don't work with everybody. Uh, I also do, because I have limited time, but I also do, and I'm going to start doing this more, uh, public appearances and workshops and seminars and things like that. But that's how people would get in touch with me. And uh, it's amazing. I mean, every one of my clients become like family to me. So it's, it's pretty cool how they how they show up. And how often do people, you know, are, are, do, do you work with people once a week, once a month? What does that look like? You know, we have a, a session that's scheduled for about 45 minutes once a week, but if it goes over, it goes over. They also have access to me 24-7 so that if something in between the weeks happen and they need to touch base, I'm available. You know, when I'm asleep, I turn my phone off. Uh, but there's uh, accessibility to me. So a lot of people write me long emails or sometimes they reach out and they say, you know, I, I know our session is on Thursday, but I something has come up and I really need to talk to you about it. And then we get on the uh, the phone or the computer and we yak. <laughs> well, again, I'll say your clients are very lucky to, to have you. Uh, but one more time before we go into the final questions, if you wouldn't mind shouting out where people can find you, where they can follow you and anything you'd like people to, to know. Yeah, you know, it's very nice of you to say that my clients are lucky to have me, but I'm equally lucky to have them because they teach me a lot as well. Um, and I just believe that the people who are like listening to this that resonate with anything I say and, and get that gut feeling like I need to at least talk to this guy, Kevin, you're, you know, we're meant to talk, you know, um, sometimes I talk to people and they simply can't afford 
uh, sessions and then I lead them in the right direction. You know, it's never, I, you, you never leave empty handed when, when we talk, I, I try and guide you the best I can. Uh, if they want that, um, then they can reach out to me at Kevin Roth, R O T H, uh, dot org. And, uh, Go to my website. It'll tell you everything about me. There's a there's a wonderful endorsement from a doctor. That's exciting. I've been beginning to work with uh, a doctor, medical doctors, and also people, clergymen, which which I find really fascinating. Uh, you know, I've also worked with psychologists. So all the people that I used to go to for help, you know, you know, hey, you got a pill for this depression, or hey, can you talk to me about this? You know, um, we're working together now. You know, and I'm constantly learning from these these people. So that's uh, it's been kind of a very interesting ride and going to get more interesting. I also one last thing I keep forgetting this is I have a course online uh, at teachable.com. So you go to www.kevinroth.teachable.com. And I think it's on sale something for like one ninety nine. And it's an overview of what I teach as a coach. Uh, it's not as good as one-on-one, but it, 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 it does well. People really like it and find benefit. Wonderful. I hope all the listeners check all that out. Now, we always finish with the same couple of questions, the first of which is you've kind of already addressed this a little bit, but what self-care habits work for you? Well, I'll tell you, um, stress and inflammation are killers. So I changed my diet. Uh, I do intermediate fasting. Um, I also do a little bit of keto and I walk. And that's really important because when I eat foods that are processed, I don't feel well. Um, The second thing is music, is doing the dulcy meditation, which, you know, if, if someone wants to play a musical instrument and they can't afford one or it's too complicated, the dulcimer is the way to go. And uh, I actually, I can lead you there or sell you some, I have a model made for meditation. So I do the dulcy meditation thing. And uh, I do a lot, and this is probably the biggest thing, I do a lot of listening, silent listening. I walk and I listen to what needs to be told to me. And uh, the only other thing I do is I keep, learning and researching because, uh, you know, uh, one thing that doesn't work in, for me in this business is if you get uh, a, 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 a huge ego or you think you got this stuff down because the more I do it, although successful at it, uh, the more I realize that there's so much more to learn. So um, I'm constantly watching, uh, you know, YouTube videos, watch, listening to podcasts like yourself. You've got a great podcast. Thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, you do an intelligent interview, which is very uh, nice. <laughs> you know, howie. Uh, um, and, you know, it's uh, that's what I do, you know, and I just take it a day at a time. And the, I think one thing I maybe should add to it is that I'm kind. Of, I try and be kind to myself because I'm always screwing up, but I don't bang my head in, into the wall anymore. I just lightly tap it and say, OK, let's try it again. <laughs> Well, uh, I I love all that. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. I I do strive to have, as you say, an intelligent interview. And I think that uh, that comes off in in the conversation we're having right now. Um, So that actually the ending of what you said perfectly leads into the final question. And that is that we've now spent the last almost 35 minutes hearing why you're amazing, why we should be following all your work. But who are some people that you want to shout out? What are you listening to, watching, reading, anything like that that you think that people should uh, go check out? Well, um, this is going to be kind of an eclectic mix, but let me give you uh, several of them. One is uh, an Indian guru kind of teacher, which was revered by many, many people in many different religions, and his name is Ramana Maharshi. So I would check out his work. It's really fascinating. Um, If that's a little too esoteric and out there for you, I would look into things that Deepak Chopra talks about. You know, he has a really interesting idea about consciousness and what we're all here for. And that's one of the things that I also teach. Um, And musically, uh, believe it or not, I really love still listening to Peter, Paul and Mary. And I like jazz because jazz is very uh, kind of thought provoking, especially people like Thelonious Monk, 
who do really weird things, but they, it makes sense. And the reason I say that is it, it takes the ordinary and makes it sort of extraordinary. Uh, but the biggest thing I can tell you is really just kind of put out to the universe, what should I be watching? What should I be listening to? And usually things will, will show up. I love it. And and as I joke on this show a lot that I should have a gong for the first time anyone ever says a certain thing. And, and this was the first time that someone specifically just said, go listen to jazz, which I love. Uh, I personally, if I need some a creative boost, I'll put on either Chick Corea or Miles Davis's uh, Bitches Brew. I just think that that is yeah. such an incredible <laughs> album. Uh, well, it, look, it, you and I could talk about music for a long time, but uh, I'm conscious of, of, of what we're here for. And Kevin, I really appreciate you taking the time to to share your knowledge with my in my story with your story. I mean, which is incredible uh, with my listeners. And, and I really appreciate all you're doing. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It was a real pleasure talking with you. The Choose Your Struggle podcast has been so lucky to have numerous truly change making authors on this show. From Adi Jaffe to Emily Dufton, we have been blessed by hearing them speak, and now it's time to grab their works. Now, you could go to Amazon if you wanted to shop online, but let's be honest, that's not the right choice. So I'm going to invite you to head over to my partner, Bookshop. If you go to bookshop.org slash shop slash CYS, again, that's bookshop.org slash shop slash CYS, you're going to find all of your favorite books and you're going to support the podcast in the process. But that's not even the best part. Bookshop has an incredible program that allows you to select your favorite mom and pop or neighborhood bookstore and they will give them some of the proceeds from your order. Now, living here in Philly, that's been a really hard choice because we have fantastic bookstores all over, but I selected Harriet, which is a truly wonderful black-owned bookstore in northern Philly. I love it. My wife loves it. We go there as much as we can. Honestly, why would you go anywhere else? So again, go check out Bookshop at bookshop.org shop CYS. You're going to find the book you're looking for. You're going to support your neighborhood bookstore, and you're going to support the podcast in the process. So check it out today and go ahead and buy that book you've been waiting for. Subscribe to my Patreon for behind-the-scenes looks at the podcast, sneak peeks, and bonus data. You'll also get a discount on Choose Your Struggle merch. Find it at patreon.com slash choose your struggle. All right, we've come to the end of another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kevin Roth. I love the way he talked about the reality of getting the 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 diagnosis because we let me say it this way i like setting people straight about how you know we're we're misled by movies and tv that like the minute the person gets off the drugs they're all better and of course that's not true and yet we've been sort of similarly misled about when you get a diagnosis like that it's this instantaneous light bulb moment i don't know and Kevin was like, hell no, it was terrifying. You know, I had all these emotions and I just appreciated that. So, um, as I said on the intro, stay tuned. We're talking about doing some more work together, possibly a webinar in December. Uh, obviously I will announce that on social media and email and that kind of stuff. So, um, that's the second time I've mentioned email today. If you are not signed up, go to either jshiffman.com or chooseyourstruggle.com and sign up for the email. Um, it's the, they come, they go and come from the same place. So uh, do that, and you'll stay up to date with everything, including Rock Bottom Four coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, I'll start promoting. Hopefully, by the, the day that this drops, Friday, uh, I will have all the material I need to start promoting. So you'll see that then. All right, you may have heard me shuffling the cards as I was talking to you. Uh, here they are. We're going to use. Um, the 54 ways to ease the anxious mind pack from blurt uh no special meaning just going to use these cards all right yes wonderful card and it perfectly fits in with the uh good egg today plan something to look forward to that, that's perfect i quick aside from this um right at the beginning of covid i was really uh you know like most people was really just struggling like oh my god 
you know, for me, it's like my business may be going away. This young business I just started when I lost five speaking gigs in two days. Um, and I was talking to my therapist and what it was interesting, uh, what we sort of figured out together was that the thing that hurt the most, this is so ridiculous. Uh, there's a game on PS4, my favorite game, called MLB The Show. It's it's your typical baseball uh, game. And the 2021, ju- it sucked. It just sucked. Uh, some people really liked it because it was supposed to be like hyper-realistic. But it wasn't fun to play, in my opinion, because of that. It was too hard. You, It took too long to get used to. It just it sucked. Um, they kind of gave up on a lot of guys like me who have been playing for years and went after this new crowd who wanted a very realistic game. All of that's neither here nor there. The thing that was really interesting was that that was the thing that was really upsetting me the most because – when all of that was happening, I was like, at least I have this thing to look forward to. Like, we're going to be locked down. Um, you know, this game came out in like March, late March of 2020 or April. Late March would make sense. And I was like, at least I have this to play while I'm locked down. And then it came out and it was so bad that I was like, like heartbroken. And uh, what that really highlighted for me was that this was this thing I'd really look forward to when everything else was kind of going to shit. And it let me down. Um, And so I really like that card. Have something to look forward to, something that won't let you down, that you know will be amazing. Um, And and maybe now that the world is planning to open up again, it's a trip on the horizon. Who knows? But whatever you want, have something to look forward to. For me, there's two things I'm going to ask you to do. Your good eggs are both things I'm looking forward to. Number one, of course, same as last week enter the giveaway. Please leave a review. It means a lot to me. You'll find it in the show notes. You'll find it um, on my social media. Please leave a review. That's number one. And of course, another one, I've already mentioned this, but please do it. It it really, uh, I'm so touched. Please vote for me uh, for Savage Sisters and Peter Kreikant. Um, for, uh, we're all finalists in, in the, the Home Production Coalition's, um, you know, awards. It, it, it really does mean a lot. I, I just to be a finalist means so much to me and it, your vote would mean a lot to me. So please vote. Um, please leave a review. Those are your good eggs. But above all else, for the second to last time this year, be vulnerable, show your empathy, spread your love and choose your struggle. <laughs>